0: 42! Blue! 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! This is the Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show, breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I am Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host and fashion icon, Justin Knight. Justin, how are you?
1: Man, I'm doing great. It's, it's a lovely day.
0: It's good to have you back. Aaron Patterson filled in for you last week. I'm not sure if you knew that. Did you won he your really? First, uh, you won your first Emmy last week. Wow, what was it? Uh, Aaron gave it to you for um, least dedicated to the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, I guess it's, he's got a good point. So, yeah, very good. Well, welcome I didn't back, no, Eric Phil. I mean, I guess I uh deserve it because I didn't even listen to the show. So, yeah, I am the least yeah, de- dedicated. Yeah. Now, how did I know
0: that you didn't listen to the show? How did I know? That? Um,
1: it's <laughs> probably just a good hunch, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, how how was your how was your trip?
1: It was great. Yeah, we had a great time down around the around the bay. All right. Very good. Well, you're actually going to be away
0: again this weekend. We're recording this early on a Thursday afternoon. I know. I'm a busy man. Busy is a busy bee. But, Justin, were you busy enough to notice that the Birmingham Stallions are now the USFL champions? Did you watch this game yeah. as promised?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> now... We were out Sunday night. I completely forgot about it, but even my dad had brought it up earlier in the week. But we never even thought about it. And I looked at my phone and I was like, "Oh, hey, Stallions won. Cool." Yeah, it's a good game. Very good game. Yeah, I saw. Uh, they now won. we did. They won. What they scored with three minutes left, and then they had a pick six that pretty much sealed it. Um. So yeah, good on them. Sure, good stuff. Congratulations. I don't care. Yeah.
0: No. Now, John messaged the show last week. You you wouldn't know because you didn't listen, but he said that if no, the I Stallions don't. won the championship, that you should have to watch every Stallions game next season.
1: Well, I'm glad he really listens and knows uh, that I don't watch any of the games. <laughs> um, that's yeah. fair. Okay, fine. If if they even have a season next year, if people are even excited for it, I'll watch every game.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a big if, isn't it? We're not sure we're yeah. going to be able to get to I that mean, mark. they
1: They sound like... You know, there's going to be another season that the financial part of it, they did okay. Um, I think the only way they can make it to a third season, if they do have a second season, is if um, they just move every team back to their home city. Then maybe they can have some success. Yeah, and there can be no decline. I'll I'll watch every Stallions game. Okay, very good. Make sure you write that down, because I will forget it, because they don't have a season (laughs) again until February, so we've got a long time.
0: (laughs) I'll put it in my calendar. I'll I'll make sure you remember. Uh, Now, Justin, we're going to talk about a lot of things today. We're going to talk about some Alabama and Auburn recruiting. We're going to talk about uh, some moves, possibly, from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. Uh, We're going to talk about the Baker-Mayfield trade. Um, And, of course, we're going to rank the top uh, SEC football coaches, uh, top to bottom, all 14 of them, later on. But first, let's get into the news of the week. Uh, Carmelo English, he plans to stay in the SEC and the four star wide receiver out of Phoenix City, Alabama, has announced his commitment. English announced his commitment to Auburn on Monday as the 5 foot 11 and 175 pound prospect had a reported 15 offers. He's rated the number 23 wide receiver in the class of 2023 and the number 13 player in the state of Alabama. He's the fourth commitment for Auburn in the class of 2023. So, congratulations, Carmelo English. Very good yep um, alabama remained sizzling on the recruiting trail as well on tuesday in landing a commitment from hutchinson cc receiver malik benson as a junior college transfer for the class of 2023 he is ranked as the nation's number one juco prospect by 24 7 sports and benson visited tuscaloosa on june 15th and chose alabama over georgia lsu tennessee and oregon among others Six foot one, one hundred and eighty-five pounder recorded forty-three catches for one thousand two hundred twenty-nine yards and eleven touchdowns last season at Hutchinson, which is in Kansas. If you were wondering, there, Justin. Thank you for that. Yeah, so very good. Both uh, both schools picking up some some good players, but we do have to talk about one of the big rumors of the week. Of course, last week um, we saw USC and UCLA announce they were leaving the Pac twelve to join the Big Ten. Since then, there's been rumblings about some other Pac-12 teams, and just there are multiple reports that indicate that the Big 12 is meeting with representatives of four Pac-12 schools, including Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, to discuss bringing them aboard. Last year, the Big 12's top two brands, Texas and Oklahoma, announced they were leaving for the SEC, effective in 2025. And just last week, like we said, Pac-12 lost USC and UCLA to the Big 10. So, What's next in college football roulettes? Uh, do you think, if these reports are true, that this will be the absolute death
1: of the Pac-12? Um, I mean, yeah, you're going to lose six teams, and then you're left with, I'm guessing, even though they're called the Pac-12, do they even have 12 teams? I think they have 10. I could be wrong. They have 10. Okay, so now you're going to have four teams left. And I'm surprised Oregon's staying strong, because, um with some of these other teams. Maybe Oregon's one of the four mentioned in the Big 12. Well, no, you didn't say Oregon was. Um, no. Yeah, I. It's the Big 12 one makes a little more sense for those teams geographically, but yeah. the UCLA and USC going to the Big 10 makes zero sense whatsoever, um, especially they're going to have to do so much traveling, or teams are going to have to travel so far just to go play another Big 10 opponent. Um, I, honestly, it's not just the death... Of the Pac 12 that this affects, I think it's just college football in general. Once you start doing these, you're going to have two super conferences ba- basically. Um, ACC and Big 12 will just kind of be there. Pac 12 is gone. Heck, those two conferences may end up crumbling at some point or um, merging. Or merging, yep. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't. Maybe I'm old school and I liked that you had different conferences for each region of the country. And now with the playoff, you know, you have four teams, maybe at some point six or eight, and those different regions of the country get to the, get to play each other in the playoffs sometimes. I mean, then you have Georgia and Alabama end up playing each other every year. Um, it just doesn't – I don't know how this will help because it all, almost takes away any fun of the competition with these other conferences. I know a lot of people don't watch the Pac-12 or keep up with it. That's fine. Um but just geographically it doesn't really make any sense for them to join the Big Ten unless it became like a super conference. But I don't know, I don't maybe I'm crazy, you know. Now the but the athletic I just I don't a, like it. The Athletic is
0: reporting that uh in addition to those four teams, there's a few places reporting the four, but the Athletic is uh is saying that Oregon and Washington are also in talks with the Big Twelve.
1: So Yeah, that's, so I mean that's it, that's yeah. the end of a the Pac-12, because then you have, what, Oregon State and um, whoever else is left. Um, yeah, so I don't know what would happen to those teams. I guess they still play their games, but maybe, because I don't know, I would think you'd have to have a certain amount of teams to remain a conference. Um, so yeah. I guess they just well, there's just twelve all together.
0: There's 12 in the Pac-12. I was wrong. There's oh, 12. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know most of them don't have the number they say, but yeah, the Pac-12 is the one that does.
1: Yeah, Big 12 used to only have 10, and now with all these movings, I don't know what they're going to have. But I don't know, it's just my opinion. I don't like it. I think it's just kind of weird. I like having all these conferences separated by different regions. I think that's unique. Um, Now it just kind of seems like a professional league which yeah. whatever which even professionally I mean they're still kind of separated in divisions by their region um I don't know maybe I'm crazy maybe I'm just rambling on I sound like an old fart but I just don't like it
0: Well here's something that uh that Baker Mayfield likes the Browns on Wednesday agreed to trade the four year quarterback veteran to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional 2024 draft pick and per Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network, the Browns will still pay Mayfield $10.5 million following the trade. And meanwhile, Carolina will pay Mayfield $5 million with the Oklahoma product agreeing to trim $3.5 million from his previously uh, fully guaranteed $18.5 million salary. So, basically right before the buzzer, Baker Mayfield finds a new home, uh, gets out of Cleveland. So good on him.
1: Yeah, and uh what a steal for the Panthers. They got him for a bag of chips. I mean, Oh yeah. Fourth, fifth round pick and then you're paying less for salary than the Browns are. Man, a, a great deal. Uh I think he'll fit well with the Panthers. Um he'll obviously be the starter there. I don't see how they would still start Sam Darnold or whoever else they got there. Um you know, I'm kind of surprised that it, the Browns that try to work in a deal for like Sam Darnold just because they know Deshaun Watson's not going to be playing this year more than likely, Um, but I I think it's a good fit for him, so we'll see see what happens.
0: Uh, Here's some uh, interesting news. Former Alabama running back Keelan Robinson, he appears to no longer have his 2020 Alabama championship rings in his possession after they appeared on an episode of Pawn Stars and were sold for (laughs) $40,000. Robinson played for Alabama from 2019 to 2020 before transferring to Texas, and he rushed for 254 yards and two touchdowns as a freshman for the Crimson Tide in 2019, however, he sat out the 2020 football season. In the episode of Pawn Stars, a man named John attempted to sell the ring set for $53,000. He and Rick Harrison negotiated the price and came to an agreement to sell the rings for forty grand. I love me some Pawn Stars. I watch Pawn Stars quite a bit.
1: I don't really watch it much, but uh, yeah, I guess a uh, guy just needed to get himself some money.
0: <laughs> yeah it seems like uh you know he moved on went to a different school he probably thought i don't need these so I'll just sell them yeah get, i mean that's a good money.
1: point i mean yeah. and he got it the season that he sat out so he's like what's the point i mean i didn't even play this season
0: yeah i guess that makes sense but that uh wraps up in the news for the week justin we do need to get into our weird news segment though mismanagers Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers Audacity and specialty and news to drive you mad It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive In a world of world of mismanagers Alright, in the world of mismanagers this week I've got four hot, hot stories for us, Justin
1: It is pretty hot outside, I will say that Mm,
0: very good. Uh, this one comes from AP News. Speaking of hot, how about hot dogs? Joey Chestnut is chomp champ again in July Fourth hot dog contest. This guy can put down some glizzies. And here we go. Frankfurter munching phenom Joey Jaws Chestnut. He put a protester in a chokehold while gobbling his way to a 15th win Monday at the Nathan's famous Fourth of July hot dog eating contest. Powering down 63 hot dog and buns at the annual uh, exhibition of Excess.
1: What a A true American.
0: A spectator wearing a Darth Vader mask rushed the stage, momentarily disrupting the competition. Chestnut put the protester in a brief chokehold before contest officials hurried over and escorted the intruder away. Another protester in a white stormtrooper mask also had snuck behind the competitors and hoisted a sign saying, Expose Smithfield's Death Star. Smithfield manufactures Nathan's famous hot dogs.
1: Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: gosh. Oh, 63. That's a lot. How many do you think you could realistically eat in? Uh, how much time do they get? I think they,
1: they get they a get minute. What? what do they get? No, I think they get like five minutes, don't they? I don't know.
0: How many do you think you, let's, let's see, how long do they get?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's usually, I, I think he has the record. It's like 70-something was his record. That's insane. Yeah, so
0: how many yeah. how many do you think you could, let's give you an hour. How many hot dogs could you eat in an hour? In an hour? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it'd probably be an easier thing for me to eat. I mean, I don't really have a big stomach. Um,
0: could you eat 60 of them in an hour, if you had an hour?
1: No, 60, no way. Um, I could probably only eat about 10.
0: How many at 10 in an hour? It's still a lot of hot dog though. Think about the bread.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I do about one every 10 minutes, I mean, one every six minutes or what, every 10 minutes, whatever the, it's 10 minutes, you get, you get 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, you get 10 minutes. So if I get an hour, let's see, it's 60 minutes. I eat one every what? Minute. Yeah. One every minute yeah Yeah, well if you gave me 10 minutes if you gave me an hour though and i i mean i can only eat 10 in an hour i don't know what that is per hour um it's not many but i'm trying to break it down right now i'm not very good at math as you can tell
0: 10 dph Um, 10 dogs per hour i believe is the the metric yeah 10
1: dogs per hour yeah yeah um but (laughs) Uh, i don't know what that breaks down per minute because i'm trying to break down okay if i could break this up 10 dogs an hour how many can i eat per you know every few minutes I don't really have... I, I mean, 10 you minutes, us, though. Yeah.
0: That's a lot. Um, that's not I a lot I could probably of time. only eat probably about three or five. Yeah. I could eat more than three. I could eat. I could probably eat more than five, but it wouldn't be much more.
1: 10 minutes is a long time to be chomping down on some hot dogs. I mean, <laughs> 60, 63. Yeah. 76 insane. is
0: the record, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, which...
1: Mm. And well, the thing is, he doesn't swallow. I don't think he swallows the hot dog. He he chews the bun. I mean, he doesn't chew on the hot dog. He just swallows it whole. And yeah. I think yeah, he'll you, chew you on soak the bun. it in water. You don't. Yeah. It and he then just swallow. soaks it in water and loop, slurps it right down. Oh that's got to be terrible for your stomach. It's that's disgusting. gonna kill. Him. I mean, yeah. Well you would think he would already be dead by now. He's been doing it for how long? I mean, think about years. he's probably been doing it yeah. what twenty years, and he averages probably. around sixty to seventy dogs for twenty Ugh. years. It's disgusting. no hate it. There's no way he's eating any dogs outside of this. This is the only time he eats a hot dog is this. I well, would he's hope. got to train. He'd have to train. Yeah, I guess that's true. He does. Uh, I think he does other competitions too. Oh, yuck.
0: Uh, sticking yeah. with the hot dog trend though. Florida man with hustle, eat, sleep, repeat tattoo charged with throwing hot dog at police officer. Okay. Tampa Bay area man was arrested Saturday for allegedly throwing a hot dog at an officer who warned him he was violating a city ordinance. Uh, he is charged with felony battery on a law enforcement officer and resisting an officer without violence.
1: You know what, right, though? So
0: I, leave him sorry, alone. I he threw a hot dog. Big deal. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, um, I needed a hot dog. One hot dog every six minutes to get that ten per hour. So you could do that. You could easily do that. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, Go Uh, ahead, sorry.
0: uh, An officer asked Stoll to uh, close up shop, but he continued to try selling a hot dog, the court documents say. Stoll became frustrated and threw a hot dog at the officer who was in full uniform at the time of the incident. So he was selling hot dogs uh, without a permit.
1: Mm, Yeah, They'll they'll get you for that one. Mm,
0: Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I guess. Uh, This comes from Fox News. Worker disappears after he was accidentally paid more than 300 times his salary.
1: Good oh, I saw this one.
0: Yeah, good on him.
1: A worker uh, yeah, in Chile so submitted... He was, sorry, I'm so go sorry ahead. I interrupted go you Go so ahead, please, 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 please. No, you, you're reading the story, so it's probably going to say in the story. I just want to... You go ahead. Okay, if you don't mind. <laughs> uh,
0: a worker in Chile submitted his resignation and could not be found after his job accidentally paid him about 330 times the salary because of a payroll error. The worker, a dispatch assistant at the cold meats manufacturer Consorcio Industrial de Alimentos, received a paycheck of eight hundred fifty-one Chilean pesos, or about $180,000 in the U.S. for the month of May. He's only supposed to be paid about $545 U.S. <laughs> dollars.
1: Which is insane. I wonder.
0: How you make that kind of mistake? I don't know. Somebody got fired. Uh, he turned in his for resignation sure. and left. Cannot be found since. Good on him. I, I don't think.
1: blame him. I, yeah. If I'm him, I've had it for the U.S. I agree. I agree. Um,
0: da, da, da. You know what? We're going to leave it there. This other one's not pulling up. We're kind of we're ready for the next thing anyway. So, When we come back from a break... We're going to talk about uh, our rankings and the CBS Sports rankings for the head football coaches in the SEC, so stay tuned.
1: You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5.
0: Welcome back to the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is Justin Knight. Hello. Justin, this week, CBS Sports, they posted an article ranking the head football coaches in the SEC. I thought it'd be fun if we go through this, uh, debate it, and list our own rankings as we go. Um, I think okay. we should start from the top bottom because I think we're going to agree on the top two, and then it's going to be different from there. So what we'll do is okay. I'll read the CBS ranking, and... Um, I'll let you do your ranking, and then I'll do mine. How does that sound?
1: Sounds fantastic.
0: Okay, so number one off the board, I think we're all going to have this one. It's Nick Saban at Alabama,
1: correct? No. (laughs) What? What? Uh, No, yes, Nick Saban, number one, obviously. Of course, of
0: course. I think number two may be the same. Kirby Smart at Georgia, is that the same for all of us? I'd say so. All right, same for CBS. Okay, this is where things are going to probably start to shift, though. Uh, CBS, number three, they have Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M as the third best coach. Justin, who do you have in that spot?
1: I have Mark Stoops. I do, too. I have Mark Stoops oh, as well. Yeah, wow, very good. Us. What so, is your reasoning Aaron, me, for that? Well, Mark Stoops, you got to think, he's at Kentucky. Um, mm-hmm. Not a football school. Always been basketball, basketball, basketball. Baseball is not bad sometimes. Um, the fact that he's had let's see he had 10 wins last season and then he had another season where did he had 10 wins right or maybe like nine uh, wins something like that eight or yeah nine. he's had some he's had some high scores. Um, uh, I years. mean he's 59 and 53 there as a coach. I believe he has the most wins as Kentucky head coach or close to it. Um, I think he's done a, a great job with what he has to um, with the program he's at. Um, he's usually pretty competitive recruiting-wise, um, so considering he's in the SEC and how tough the competition is every year, I'd say he's done a very great job, and it's surprising to me he hasn't gone to other places, so he's very loyal to uh, to Kentucky, so that's why I put him at three.
0: Yeah, and he's nearly been there 10 years, too. He came in late 2012, November of 2012. Yeah. Uh, so he's been there quite some time, but yeah, he's he's had a lot of success. Um, 2016, he started out 0 and 2. They ended up finishing 7 and 6, got to a bowl game. Uh, 2017, they finished 7 and 5. 2018, 9 and 3. Only the fourth time in school history they had won this. Uh, Kentucky had won at least nine games, and um, on January 1st in the Citrus Bowl, that's when they got a 10-1 season that year as well so very cool yeah they have had a couple couple 10 win seasons i guess then so yeah
1: so good on yeah cool
0: yeah very cool um i like i like mark stoops i think he he doesn't get a lot of uh love because the success isn't like what you'd see at alabama or an auburn or something like that but he is consistently good and i think if he went to a really good school a bigger school he could do that it could be great but i think he's content i think he likes just making money yeah. having an easier job yeah so so good on him good on him yeah for sure uh and of course like we said cbs has jimbo fisher at number three so we'll see where he falls in our rankings a bit later number four according to cbs sports they have brian kelly at lsu as number hmm. four who do you have in that spot
1: i have lane kiffin
0: really okay yeah what what what's um, the reasoning for that
1: I think he's done a good job at Ole Miss, especially with the offense. He's a pretty good recruiter. Um, obviously, he's a very entertaining guy. Um, this past season, their first 10-win season ever at Ole Miss, which was a huge deal, right? Didn't they have 10 wins? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Sounds right. Yeah, because they made the Sugar Bowl. Obviously, if what's-his-name, a quarterback doesn't get hurt. I think they beat Baylor in the Sugar Bowl, but kind of some unlucky circumstances there. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, he's done a great job at Ole Miss already transforming that school after going five and five his first season, and then ten and three, ten and four, whatever it was. Um, ten and three. I, yeah. yeah, I think he's a good coach. Um now, is loyalty wise, can he just jump ship at any moment? Sure. That could definitely happen. Know. But um, well, that's a whole I think different he's done a make. good job. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Very cool. Well for number four, I have Jimbo Fisher. Uh I like your pick as well. But he is the only other one on this list outside of Saban and Kirby with the national championship, even though I give most of that to, um, James Winston rather than, to See, him.
1: but, and <laughs> I'm thinking right now with these sec coaches, it's just their sec success. And that's why okay, that's I have fair. Jimbo a little further down.
0: Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. And I, and, and depending on what Texas a m does this year, mine could drop or go up. I mean, it probably oh, yeah. not go up, but it could definitely drop. Um, you know, if they um, go out after the recruits and not do very well, yeah. lose another five games, then, yeah, I'm not going to be too
1: impressed. No, if he goes 8-4 and four or 7-5, I'm dropping him even further. But if he somehow won the SEC West and then the championship and they somehow won a national championship, then, yeah, I'd move him up probably to number three.
0: Okay, well, number five on the list for CBS Sports, they finally get around to Mark Stoops right here at Kentucky. What do you have there, Justin?
1: I have Sam Pittman. Oh, that's very high for Pittman. Yeah. um, Yeah. And one reason is, once again, he's at Arkansas, who was a dumpster fire um, before he got there with what's his name as coach. They're losing to North Texas and all these schools they shouldn't be losing to. And he didn't have a great first year, but since then, man, I mean, it's been, last year was such a great improvement. They were very strong there's some games heck they could have beat old miss um they had some chances against auburn to win i mean that's a couple games they could have swung their way and could have ended up because they won 10 games last season as well um they could have won 11 12 games so i think they're a program that's on the rise i think they could be really good this year as well people are not really looking at arkansas just because of how tough the west is but a guy that I didn't really think would do much at Arkansas has already done a lot. He's a great recruiter. Um, he's just a good overall coach. He gets, he's got great coordinators around him. He builds a good team. So that's why I have him up there. I think just in the short time success he's had at Arkansas already rebuilding that program. That's why I have him up there at five. Yeah. I don't, I don't,
0: I, I like that. I like that pick a lot. Uh, for number five, I have Brian Kelly. Uh, yours, yours is going off of sec excess. So I'm sure he's quite further down. Uh, but yes. just look, looking at, you know, I'm more going off of, I guess, just coaching past pre- everything. Yeah, which I have that SEC. a little bit in there,
1: but sure. not as much. Uh,
0: um, so I've got Brian Kelly there. I, you know, he's done, you know, whether we like to say it or not, he did a lot with Notre Dame. Now he never got to a, you know, won a national championship, but he got to one, he got to the playoffs a few times. Um, he had a lot of, you know, he had a lot of success for Notre Dame, a school that's, Maybe can't recruit as well as in Alabama or a Georgia, you know. And so uh, I've got him there. I, I, I don't know how that's going to translate to the SEC. He might get out here and flop. I don't think that'll be the case. Like we said, I think he's a weird fit for the culture of LSU, but he's done well recruiting. Um, so I'm interested to see. That's another one that could easily drop in my list going off of how the year goes. Uh, but number six for CBS, CBS has Lane Kiffin at number six. He's already been on your list. What do you have for number six there, Justin? Uh,
1: I have Jimbo. He's at number six. Okay.
0: Finally got around to him. Very good.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's just been average with the amount of resources he has and how highly they talk of him. He's a QB guru. Uh, he's going to do so many great things at AM. Hasn't had one good quarterback coming out of Texas A M since he's been there. Florida State, he was lucky to have Jameis Winston, and that was really it. And he's just been average. He had the same record as uh, what's his face, uh, Sumlin, Kevin Sumlin. Same record after four or five seasons. So, what did you really gain in hiring him at Texas A and M when you pay him this crazy amount of money? He's just been average. And then they beat Alabama last year, and they they got a football in one of the president's rooms, like, oh, we just (laughs) beat Alabama. Oh, it's such a big deal. I mean, I wanted to bring that up.
0: Yeah, (laughs) so apparently, in in one of the offices of the I guess it's in either the athletic department or the field house or something. One of the offices on somebody's desk, I'm not sure who it is, there is a football with the Alabama-Texas A&M score on it uh, just there for everyone to see. How humiliating that is. If that's what you're bragging about, ridiculous. That's so embarrassing. Yeah, you're,
1: you're, see, the fact that you're bragging about that is your mindset's already wrong at that. Proves to me that you're not a good coach. That the culture you're setting there is, oh, we just got to beat Alabama. Then it's a it's a, a, a success. It's not about, yeah. Hey, let's try to win double digit, get double digit wins this year, or try to at least compete in the West and make it to an SEC championship. No, let's just beat Alabama. If that happens, it's a success. It's pathetic.
0: Uh, for my number six, I've got Lane Kiffin. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I think you did a good job covering him. But uh, yeah, done great recruiting for uh, for Ole Miss. Um, like you said, he may not stick around, but that's not factoring into my my yeah. rankings here. Um, but uh, yeah, I like him. Uh, great offensive mind. Obviously, nearly beat Alabama. Um, had a 10-3 season. Very, very promising start so far. So yeah, I've got Kiffin up there pretty high. So what does that bring us to? Number seven? Uh, number seven, yes. CBS uh, has Sam Pittman here. Um, I'll Uh, go ahead and spoil it that I have him in the same spot, I believe. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I've got Pittman there as well. Who do you have there for number seven?
1: uh, I have Brian Kelly. Okay. Um, Okay. I mean, yeah, he he did good at Notre Dame, but it was always the overrated Notre Dame. They would somehow pop into the playoffs, and they're an easy out or the national championship, and they get demolished by Alabama. Um, But – I mean, he kind of brought back the old... He was trying to bring back the old days of Notre Dame when they were competing and dominating. Um, Like I said, got to national championship, made it to some playoffs, but none of the games were competitive. Um, I don't know. He just seems like he's an okay coach, but like you said, I don't like the culture fit at LSU. Um, But I will agree with what you said. He has recruited well so far, but... We'll see how that translates to the on-field success, and he's one that can easily bump up the list if he has some success. If they win nine, ten games this year, he's definitely getting bumped up because that shows me that he can go into a new school like LSU that's struggled, but you know, a couple years ago, they were they were national champions, national champions, you know, two, three years ago. Um, So we'll see if he's successful, then I'll definitely bump him up some spots. But right now, we'll see. I'll just leave him at seven.
0: Fair enough. Uh, number eight, CBS Sports has Mike Leach. I agree with him on that one. I also have him at number eight. Um, I, boy, way hey, Who too do you high.
1: have at number eight? Yeah, way too uh, high? Who uh, do you have there? Josh Heupel with Tennessee. Okay. Okay. Um, another one. First year, he went seven five. Honestly, could have had a couple more wins and got screwed in the bowl game. Um, I mean, Tennessee, who's been such a disappointment for so long now, and I think he did a good job. The offense was really good. Um, he's brought in some talented players and got a good coaching staff around him. Um, I think he's building something decent there at Tennessee that where maybe they can average eight wins at some point. I mean that's a lot for Tennessee. Maybe they can finally beat Alabama with him there. Um it's been so long I can't even what has it been? Fifteen to twenty years, something like that since I think it was two thousand five or six they last beat Alabama. Yeah, I um, think two thousand and six. So, I, I like what he's building at Tennessee. I, um, coming from UCF, which, I mean, UCF's overhyped every single season. It's easy to recruit there in that conference. Um, I think he did a pretty good job in the SEC. I like his offensive scheme and what he's, you know, the kind of players he's bringing into Tennessee. So, um, I like him at eight. Okay,
0: very good. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll explain mine with uh, Mike Leach there for a little bit. So, um, I still am not sold on Mike Leach in the SEC, and I guess I guess that's why. Maybe you could argue that eight is way too high for him there, but uh, he is he is so likable that I feel like that may factor into it somewhat. But um, I do like Mike Leach. I do think that he is a he is a very good coach. I don't know how much his his air raid works in the SEC. This is the year though, right? This is the year that we got to see it start to work. If it doesn't, yeah. Then, if- uh,
1: yeah. if he has five or six wins i believe he's gone
0: yeah he definitely drops on my list significantly if that's all they if he's just barely bowl eligible or not bowl eligible he's dropping quite a bit. i mean he percent. was lucky
1: he was lucky to get seven wins last year and then of course they got um killed against texas tech his former team in the bowl game so that's why he's kind of further down on my list
0: yeah okay number nine here um CBS Sports has Billy Napier. Um, who do you have at
1: number nine? That's way too high. Uh, um, I have this. This might be crazy, but I have Shane Beamer, number nine. Okay. Um, another one who, of course, they beat Auburn. Um, they went seven and six. Were bowl eligible? I believe they won their bowl game, didn't they? Yeah, they they beat North Carolina. Um, another guy who, of course, he's got blood. He's got football in his blood with his. Uh, his dad Frank Beamer who coached at Virginia Tech for so long and um they were they were okay but it's at South Carolina they haven't been good in a while either um since Spurrier was there and I think he did a pretty good job getting them the 7 and 6 getting them bowl eligible um I think he's trying to change the culture a little bit it needs to be I mean they made a big deal about getting the 6 wins and being bowl bound but I mean that's a big deal for them because they hadn't been to a bowl game in a few years um, I, I I like him as a coach. I think he's gonna be pretty decent there. And like I said, I think he's got a couple of good recruits coming in. Of course, he got what's his name at quarterback that transferred in from Oklahoma. So it'll be interesting interesting to see how he uses him in his offense and uh, how that works out. I like him at nine.
0: Well, number nine, I've got Brian Harrison at Auburn. Um, I feel oh, like this wow. could this could age poorly, and I'll give a reason for that later when we do our awards. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that, I think he's probably a better coach than the last few remaining we have here, which are all essentially mostly new coaches. Um, I, I want to see them do well this year, even though I'm not an Auburn fan, I'd want to see them do well. So, um, I like Carson. I'm going to put him there at number nine. I think, you know, he's very experienced. Um, he had some success this past year until the last half of the season just fell apart. Um, but I do want to see them do well. I think that they will uh, do better this year. Hopefully they do. Uh, number 10, we have CBS Sports has Josh Hupel a number 10. You just explained
1: that one. How do, who do you have for number 10 there? Uh, that's where I put Mike Leach. Okay. Um, he's just been average at Mississippi State. I I just think he's kind of goofy. Um, he, that's true. I don't know what it is about him. He and just the offensive scheme is not something that's going to make it in the SEC where you're just air-raiding, as we've seen in um, a lot of the games. And, of course, he, I just thought some of the comments he's made before about facing former teams, the lawsuit he's got, and then he makes a fool of himself on the field and gets clobbered. Um, he's The defense is just not there because he's not a defensive-minded coach um and then like i said he's set in his ways with his offense he's had the airway air raid for the past 20 plus years and that's kind of out of style at this point um you see more teams you got to have some kind of run game and especially in the sec because that's a huge part i know alabama's kind of focused more on the passing now but the running the run game is still such an important part for alabama um and you see it with georgia it's a huge part of their offense right. but it it just doesn't seem like it's offense that would work. It's been success, of course, it did against Auburn because we're hard headed and have stupid coordinators on our team. Um, but I, I just don't see it being a success in the long run. It he went what seventy six, like I said, lost the bowl game. I think the year before that they lost the bowl game too to Memphis. And if they won or lost, I don't remember. There's a huge brawl at the end of it, and he it's like he was encouraging it as well. I just yep. don't like the guy. I think he's kind of weird. Um, and I just think he's an average coach, below average. Okay, so that was, was that number
0: 10 we just did? Oh, I've got to do it my was. number 10. Uh, I've got Josh Heupel there. Uh, I don't think I need to jump into okay. it much yeah. more than you already did. But, yeah, I like what he's doing at Tennessee. Uh, I like to see them up, on the up and up. Maybe that'll continue. Maybe it'll fall apart. Who's to say? But, uh, yeah, he's the one that could easily jump up a couple spots on mine. Um, definitely above Leach and Harson if uh, if they have another good good season. Uh, that that wraps up the, the top ten. We've got our our bottom four here. I think these we're going to have a little less to talk about um, outside of maybe a couple. So I'm just going to go through some of these here. CBS Sports they have uh, Shane Beamer number eleven. Who do you have there?
1: Uh, I have Harson. Okay. um that's I'll I just make it quick. It. Yeah, I'll make it quick. You know, start at six and two but then lost five straight. I think a lot of that was coaching. Um, I think they're kind of he was kind of setting his ways with some of the play calling. Um, I don't know. It was a culture thing, too, because I feel like they're a great first-half team. The second-half team, awful. It's yeah. like they got so much confidence. like, oh, we're going to slow down. It's almost kind of like what Gus Malzahn used to do, just take it easy in the second half and notice that a lot with them. Because, like, the Mississippi State game, we were up big on them in the first half lost got crushed in the second half um alabama you know dominated first half and then second half dominated some of it but then just completely lost it um i think there's some coaching that goes into that and just some of the play calling and who you got around you so i think he can be a good coach like i said he was a, he was uh successful at boise state um and he at six and two he had a great start and then it just kind of fell apart so it's just going to be consistency can we see that out of him um, so, but like I said, if he wins eight or nine games, somehow wins eight or nine games, that'd be a huge success. The way they're talking about Auburn, then he'll, I'll probably bump him up a couple of spots.
0: Okay. Yeah. I've got, I've got Shane Beamer also there at 11, same as CBS. Um, these next three, I think we're going to have very little to talk about. Um, I'm just going to yeah. go through them on CBS. So we can go through ours. So CBS, they have number 12, Eli Drinkowitz. Number thirteen, Brian Harson. Number fourteen, Clark Lee. Do you think Brian Harson's the second worst coach in the SEC? Because I, I don't.
1: That's a that's a bold statement. Just because Eli Drinkwitz, I mean, he had the yeah. same record in Missouri. He hadn't really done anything. Um, I had him at twelve. Then I I had Napier at thirteen because he hadn't proved himself at um, right. Florida yet and SEC. Um, and then yeah, Clarkley. I don't even know who that is. Vandy at fourteen yeah, makes Vandy. sense. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, mine's very similar. I've got Napier at twelve, Drinkwitz at thirteen, and then Lee at fourteen as well. So yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of them at CBS Sports I don't agree with. I think the biggest crime being Brian Harson down the bottom two, and uh, I really don't like. I don't know. I guess I understand Mark Stoops at five, but I don't. I really don't like him below Brian Kelly. Uh, but you know whatever. No. Yeah. No. I can understand the Jimbo above him, but I don't I don't know about Brian Kelly. But we'll see. We'll find out soon enough, won't we?
1: Very nice. Yeah, good rankings. It was pretty similar there. Um I kind of split there in the back end, but That's what's pretty you similar want there. rankings there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you you want some you want some differences in opinion there. Very good. Well Justin, uh now that we've learned about the SEC coaches, how about you teach us another thing in the learning corner with Professor Knight?
1: All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. What are we learning today, Professor? All right, I'll continue where I left off last time, where I was um, going over the last uh, top rate at quarterbacks and what they did in college. So I believe I left off with uh, Jameis Winston, so... We'll continue to 2013 with Max Brown at USC. He was a backup his first three seasons, and after winning the starting job in 16, he had a terrible outing against Alabama in the opener, but let him being replaced by Sam Darnold, who, of course, kept the job. He uh, left for Pittsburgh the following season and the starter for five games before a season-ending injury. He was undrafted. Uh, Kyle Allen, Texas NM and 2014. He shared the starting role with... Um, Kyler Murray, I believe. Um, well, I'm sorry, he, he shared the starting role as a freshman and then won the job the following season. He eventually was replaced by Kyler Murray after midseason struggles and transferred to Houston after the season. He sat at season 16 and lost his starting job early in the following season, and then elected to enter the draft. Signed by the Panthers, he played two seasons with the Panthers, two more with Washington before signing with Houston this offseason. Uh, 2015, you had Josh Rosen, UCLA. Of course, he was considered a can't-miss prospect after his Harold high school career, and he performed well in his freshman season, throwing him 23 touchdowns, and led the Bruins to eight wins. He was injured midway through his sophomore season, declared for the draft his uh, after his junior year. He was a first-round pick for the Cardinals. He started 13 games this rookie season and then was traded to the Dolphins, spent some time with the Bucks, 49ers, and the Falcons in his fourth season. So he's been all over the place. Good for him. Good, good uh, to travel. Yeah uh shea patterson uh old miss 2016 he was registered his freshman season but he was pressed into action late in the campaign due to an injury his strong performances in those final three games created optimism before the next season but old miss was placed on probation and coach Hugh freeze was fired patterson was injured midway for the year and would transfer to michigan he played well for the wolverines tossing 45 touchdowns in those two seasons but went undrafted in 2020 he has played the Canadian Football League and USFL since. Very good. Um, Davis Mills, Stanford, twenty seventeen. See, reading these names, none of these top rated quarterbacks. Majority of them don't have any success. Yeah,
0: that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, Davis Mills.
1: The, so Stanford. Go ahead.
0: They, um, you know, they always talk about doing like a fantasy football for college, and it'd be impossible because the people that the the players that do great are the ones you don't expect, like Joe Burrow or yeah. whatever you know you're not nobody's going to have him you know it's there's too many yeah, players I mean, there's too many unknowns.
1: as we know we're still pretty close to college age um college kids you're just so unpredictable you don't know what you're going to get uh i right. mean there's just so much pressure put on these kids that a lot of them can't take it some of them can it a lot of times it just doesn't work out so these a lot of times these rankings are crap don't really mean anything um so we got Davis Mills, Stanford. He was assumed starting a job for the Cardinals after an injury in his third season. The pandemic limited him to five, limited him to five games in 2020, and he entered the draft to 21. Texans selected him in the third round, and he started 11 games that year. Uh, or he, just, he just started 11 games last year. Despite only winning two games, he broke the team record for passing yards by a rookie and is expected to be the starter this season. So here's one kind of unknown into the draft, and it's done pretty well. Oh, very good. Uh, Tre- Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, not much to say we know about him. He was very successful at Clemson, only lost a few games. Um, not very good first season with the Jaguars, um, but it's the Jaguars. He's doing the best that he can. Um, so we'll see if he's improved a lot for his sophomore year in the NFL. Hmm. Uh, Spencer Radler, Oklahoma, nineteen. Ooh. Yeah, after sitting behind Jalen Hurts' freshman year, Rather went through growing pains in his first year as a starter before rebounding to lead the Sooners to the Big 12 title. The presumptive Heisman favorite entering last season, he again struggled and was eventually replaced by Caleb Williams against Texas and did not start another game. Of course, he he has transferred to South Carolina, and so we will see how he uh, performs for them. And Bryce Young, Alabama 2020. Don't have to say much about him. He was back backup his first year, and then, of course, sophomore year, broke out, had an incredible season, won the Heisman, and That's almost right. won national championship for Alabama. Very close. And then the most recent one is Quinn Ebert, Ebert, Evers. I don't even know how you say his last name. Ohio State 2021. Mm-hmm. He, of course, selected to bypass his final season of high school and enroll with the Buckeyes. His late arrival during the preseason and the depth of the quarterback competition led him to being buried on the depth chart for the season. Course, he transferred to Texas and is going to be starting this year, I would think, more than likely. Um, and there you have it. So, we will see how uh, Arch Manning does when he uh, gets to Texas next season. Not this coming kind of season, good. but the next. Yeah, very,
0: very good. Thank you, Justin. I enjoyed that. That, was, oh, uh, you're that welcome. was very knowledgeable. Very good. All right. Well, we are going to go to another break, but when we come back, we are going to give out the Sports World's most prestigious weekly awards, the TG Emmy. So, Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Managers Podcast, where I, Nick Norris, and my good friend Justin Knight are about to give out the world's, the sport world's most prestigious weekly awards, the TG Emmys. Justin, are you excited? I am
1: thrilled.
0: Very good. You may not be as thrilled when I read out this first award, though. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't bode well for you. Okay, what is it? Okay, well. This award, actually, it's not my award. This is uh, from Yahoo Sports. And this is, uh, they recently ranked the top 100 strength of schedules for the upcoming college football season. Can you guess who is number one, as they always seem to be?
1: Number one in the preseason rankings?
0: For strength of schedule. Oh, probably Auburn. Auburn Tigers, number one. Yes, yeah. it feels like they always are. So congratulations, Auburn. On making yeah, they life. They screw us every so year. For yourself, <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very, very good.
1: Justin, uh, what award do you have for us? Uh, this was kind of late. I forgot to do it uh, a couple weeks ago. But um, this one is, um, underdogs. Well, I would say they're underdogs at the time but uh, kind of came out of nowhere the win at all award would be old miss for baseball. Um mm-hmm. obviously they were number 1 at one point in the season before they had a huge downfall. Barely made the tournament. Honestly, if we're being being honest me and you right here with each other, they mm-hmm. probably shouldn't have even made the tournament to begin with. <gasps> Justin. Yeah, I know. Um they made it over North Carolina State, which I think probably had a better season than them, but it was old miss because you know, they played in the SEC, tough competition. Um, and they know they had the talent and obviously we saw that in the regional super regional, and then really with ease in the world series, um, kind of came out of nowhere. I think the pitching finally clicked and as we see, they played like the number one ranking like they were earlier in the season. So congratulations to actually just congratulations to the state of Mississippi as you've had the past two college world series champions. That's true.
0: That is true. Very good. Very good. Good. Now we have to give out our Best of the Week award, and it'd be a crime since he's had bust so many times, Bust of the Week, that we give it to Baker Mayfield. Finally getting a trade three months after requesting one, and a great deal for him. So good work, Baker Mayfield. Congratulations.
1: Mm. Congrats.
0: Uh, Bust of the Week. This goes to the Cleveland Browns for trading Baker Mayfield for such (laughs) almost nothing, especially (laughs) since the fact that their starter, Deshaun Watson, will probably be suspended the entire upcoming nfl season if not more so uh congratulations that trade won best and bust very Mm. very good it's only rounds are a
1: dumpster fire like always Mm. yes
0: all right well justin now that the tgmes are over i think we need to transition to our final segment of the week listener letters
1: Go getters,
0: write letters, we're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. And today we have a letter wrote by Miller. If you'd like to be Miller, you can reach the show by emailing us at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com. That's the easiest way to send us a letter. But... If you're also on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you can follow and message us at TGM Pod, TGM Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Miller has wrote a very, very nice letter, and you're going to be surprised, Justin, because this is the return of listener love letters.
1: Oh, let's go! These are the best.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Miller writes, "Hey guys, been a while since you did some listener love advice, so thought I would give you something to discuss." My wife left me for a younger man. I was then hit by a diesel truck that drove onto the sidewalk in a hit and run. Both my legs were shattered. I reached for my phone to call an ambulance, but received a call from my son saying he didn't want to see me anymore. He loves his new dad. I then noticed that my bleeding was attracting vultures from above. They swooped down and pecked at me for four hours as I was unable to get away with my broken legs. I eventually passed out from dehydration and blood loss and woke up under a nearby bridge where a homeless uh, drug addict had taken me to serve as the only audience member of a seven-hour sock puppet show. I weeped the entire time. Anyway, my question is, what do single women look for in a first date? Thanks, Miller. (laughs) (laughs)
1: that was pretty good that was good thank
0: you miller very good very good i hope that's all a lie i assume it is (laughs) hey if it's
1: not it's a very interesting story i will say that
0: yeah very very good anyway what do single women look for in a first date justin considering uh your last first date was probably six years ago
1: (laughs) seven years ago (laughs) okay
0: What, what do women look for i feel like you're the the Utmost authority, the foremost authority on this. So, what do you
1: think? I don't think I am just because I've had one first date. I mean, I had dates before that, but I had a date seven years ago. This is the last time I had a first date as a single man. Um, I mean, I don't know. I would think it'd probably be you're just, you're honest, you're just comfortable, you're confident. Um, I, I would say, um, I don't know. You're respectful too. You're it mm. seems like you're looking out for him, even though you're not even together yet. I don't know. Um, I don't really know to be honest with you. I I looked out. Jordan's way better than me. I'd say right off the board. Make sure you leave your wallet at home, uh, so that she has to. Pay that's for true. Yeah. Hey, yeah. the way I see it is, hey, Fifty Cent put it put it perfectly. Um, someone asked him, you know, who pays for the first date, and he said, whoever's idea it was. Yeah, I think that's. I think
0: that's fair. That's if, fair. Yes, if, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I personally would would pay, uh, but I think that is fair. I think if you live by that, if somebody asks you out, it's okay if they pay for it. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Um, yeah,
1: or just you know, you just pay for your own meals if you're that way too. Um, hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just I don't know really what a single lady's looking for because I don't haven't been on a date in hmm. seven years. Um, hmm.
0: I would I would say make sure you you. You dress for the occasion, right? So, like, if you're going to, like, mm. a, like a, like a you know, pretty laid-back, like, burger place, don't dress too nice. You know, don't, maybe don't wear yeah, your button-down. Maybe wear, maybe wear just a, a nice T-shirt, you know. Uh, vice versa, if you go somewhere really nice, maybe don't wear that T-shirt with, like, a pizza stain on it. That's what I would say. Or <laughs>
1: those sweatpants or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, ask, ask, ask them questions, I'd say. You know, mm-hmm. see yeah. what they like. Um, it's okay to ask basic questions. I think They're just
1: like yeah, just to keep to the conversation going because you don't want that stale yeah. air where you're just sitting yeah. there.
0: Go somewhere interesting. Go somewhere where at the very least you can people watch. Don't. And, and I wouldn't say go to mm-hmm. like a movie where it's quiet and you're not getting to know that person. Like maybe go to like like a weird a weird brewery or somewhere where weird people hang out. And then you can, if nothing else, you can make fun of other people. And that's always nice. I think.
1: Yeah. That, um, I think a baseball game is always a good thing to go and do.
0: Oh yeah. Unless you hate them. And then you're stuck there for like four hours. That's true. Yeah.
1: You could be stuck there
0: for a long time. Yeah. Maybe that should be like a second date type of thing. Yeah. Good point. Hmm. Very good. Well, we hope that answered your question, Miller. I don't think it did, but, uh, Miller, I hope your legs are okay, by the way. Yeah, I hope they are too. Very good. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, Justin. Um, Thank you all for listening, of course. We'll be back at the same time next week. Remember, you can follow us at TGM Pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find all our episodes on all podcast apps and at thegamemanagers.com. Other than that, I have been Nick. That was Justin. And thank you all for listening.
1: Have a fantastic week, and as always, War Eagle anyways.
0: Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut!
1: Hike! Thank you for listening to
0: The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara.